Hey, podcast listeners. Thank you again for coming to another whole season of the Superhero Movie Club. We want to dole out a whole roulette, a, a, a whole, a whole, what am I thinking of? A uh, Russian roulette. No, <laughs> not Russian roulette. Smorgasbord. A smorgasbord? Yes. A pinata full of thank yous? A pinata full of thank yous? I'm thinking of a carousel full of thank yous. Ooh. I want to I want to dole out a carousel full of thank yous because we've made it to season 3 and this podcast was a pipe dream for a long time in my head. So, just a few people to dole out specific thank yous to. I want to thank my sister Annie for creating our beautiful logo. Uh, thank you to Grant Austin who tore himself away from the lures of Kentucky to come and talk some science with us on a few episodes shout out to tom who's so far basically our only follower on twitter uh, and if you tweet at us at superhero mc <laughs> we will give you a shout out or read it on the hour or something depending on how much we like it and thank you to the uh, slap happy movie time guys for a great uh, season finale last season we hope to do it again really soon we'd like to thank the people who run the radio station here karen and gully for letting us use the studio time very leisurely and without any demands or any sort of restrictions at all. I just want to thank my girlfriend, Austin, uh, who I know listened to the uh, season finale and heard all my really gross jokes and still uh, (laughs) dates me voluntarily. And I'd like to thank my girlfriend, Missy, who will someday listen to this podcast. And I'd like to thank both of you guys here. Sitting with me every week. I mean, this this podcast is awesome and it's fun, and I hope we can do doing it even after we graduate from college. And you know what? I didn't think anyone would give a crap <laughs> about my podcast idea, and here we are. Episode. This is our going to be our eleventh episode. Mm, yeah, yeah. And of course, thank you all, listeners, for giving a hoot about what we have to say because that makes us feel so good inside and we hope we can continue to entertain you for the days and weeks and months and years to come. So without any more gooey gooshy crap, here's the first episodes of season three, Dread. Enjoy, Ooh. everybody. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a whole nother season of Superhero Movie Club. I am your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Skyler Houtsma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. These movie review podcasts are a dime a dozen. Here at SMC, we cover everything else about the movies you maybe didn't notice, including their budgets, music, source books, and hell, even the science. This week, I hope you're ready for Dread. Red 3D. Also, thank you all for coming back for the third season of Superhero Movie Club. We promise not to do that thing where 
a season is ordered 22 episodes but only has enough content to fill like two. <laughs> like <laughs> Modern Lost. America television. <laughs> like that. <laughs> hey, dude, don't like seasons Lost. four through six of Lost. The first two were, were uh, spectacular. <laughs> and then three? <laughs> and then Charlie died and there was no point in watching it. Whoa, Spo- spoilers. Oh, spoilers. Spoilers. It's been out for A decade? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Uh, all right. First opinions on Dread 3D, as in the return from... <laughs> Wait, what is what, from the Stallone version? The Stallone version from the nineties. Oh yes. Oh boy. Um. Well, we'll start with the Dissenter. Yeah, ben. I hated it. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, I thought. Um, hold on. I'm gonna pull up my notes because I wrote down everything I hated about it. <laughs> Be uh, brief. Brief. Okay. You do not have all day. <laughs> I thought the plot was dumb. I thought Dread was a really unsympathetic character because he was just as vicious and brutal as the drug dealers he was hunting down. Uh, there was a lot of really cringeworthy dialogue, uh, and there was, there were some pretty there were some really good special effects, but there were like two that I was just like, "Oh come on, there's no excuse for that." You say that now, you have to describe what those two were. Uh, there was some blood spatter that was like Crayola crayon red, <laughs> which it's in 3D. I mean, you got to have that vibrancy. Oh, oh I, I watched it in 2D, so. <laughs> that, we that, all did. Don't that, worry. That, that might have been uh, part of it, but yeah, I just didn't like it. It was. It's like it was missing a whole other dimension for you or something. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Go <I> mean, home. <laughs> the season three yeah, ring the, all the jokes. The, the second dimension, because Dread was one-dimensional. Oh. All right, Ben. All right, Ben. All right. This movie was amazing. <laughs> this is in... Um, the top five of my favorite movies based on comic books. It might be number five, but it's still in the top five because I loved this film so much. Carl Urban and his delivery was gold. Just the condensation of the plot to just the Peachtree's facility. Nowhere else. There's like Mega City One stretches from like Boston to like the East Coast. I'm like, oh, that's pretty big. How's Dread going to fight everything? Nope, just peach trees. That's it. That's all you need to worry about. And him and the relationship between him and um, Judge Anderson, the rookie. So many great moments in this film. All the slow-mo effects. Basically everything that comes out of Dread's mouth is gold. You can't run from the law because I am the law. I laughed out loud at that line because I thought it was just so bad. Oh, so good. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Scott, what did you think? All right. I also really enjoyed Dread, um, and for a reason you kind of alluded to there in that it's a very self-contained movie that it knows what works for it and what doesn't try to go out of its limit. It's not Dread saves the world. It's Dread saves this one building and kills a lot of people and does a lot of bonkers things at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's dark and gritty, but I also appreciated that it had this really tongue-in-cheek aspect to it in that everything between the dialogue and just Judge Dredd himself kind of has that laughability to it that it's like, oh, this is this knows what it wants to be. And, and it delivers. And I can always appreciate a movie that knows what it wants to be and delivers on it. Okay. Well, what what it delivered was not very good. Oh, just <laughs> shun you and your ending words. I, I, we're I, moving I, on. I, I okay, yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> Unfortunately, despite our love for this film and our lack to see it in theaters, neither did anybody else. I have a pretty good comparison of this movie to its uh, box office performance. You know that scene where he's 
in that like telephone booth and he's announcing to everyone in peach trees and those guys like sneak up on judge dread because i think they've got him and then he appears like across the building and just fires all these flares and burns them all to death incendiary blast that's what happened to this movie in in theaters like oh <laughs> like though this movie was those thugs who are just you know burning and screaming and dying oh okay i'm not quite sure i follow that metaphor but i do follow the conclusion of it in that this film bombed horribly like really bad and which is shame is it didn't have that big of a budget 45 million that's very low for a blockbuster film oh yeah but it domestically grossed only 13.4 million that is very low, ladies and gentlemen. Wah, wah. That is, like, cripplingly low. And internationally, can't say it did too much better at 27.6. Like, remember, that's the entire rest of the planet, and it only did <laughs> less, you know, just over double what it did in the United States. Which was very minuscule. Yes. Uh, so brings it to a worldwide of $41 million. It didn't even break its production budget even. $4 million away. Couldn't away. even muster that. Oh. And it's such a shame. I mean, I, I wish I would have went to see this in theaters, but... Uh, oh, you didn't see this in I theaters? I did not see this in theaters. Oh, shame. Because I feel as if watching the slow-mo scenes in 3D would have blew my mind. That's a bad thing. <laughs> uh, but in, like, a great way. Yeah. Because I think this film could have had the potential to reinvent 3D for the movie theaters with those slow-mo scenes. Because I think I had I didn't watch them in 3D, but they had the potential to be mind blowing. They were they were mind blowing in 2D. I really those yeah. were some of my favorite parts. Exactly. But sadly, again, yeah. I've seen it like five times. Oh yeah, I mean, I went and picked it up the day it came out because it's like it's pretty awesome, <laughs> but it's so good to um, put it into perspective. 2012 was a pretty big year for movies and superhero movies i mean we've got several billion dollar movies dread is not one of them <laughs> in fact it came in at the oh so impressive number of number 135 on the worldwide ranking of the entire year of 2012 yes oh my goodness that's very bad <laughs> yes uh and uh in terms of um just superhero movies like if we just uh well com- movies based on comic books you have it at 113th, non-adjusted. That puts it below, like, Sin City 2, The Spirit. Ah, but it puts it above Jonah Hex, thankfully. I think yes. I should double-check. Uh, it puts it below Ghost Rider 2. Yes. In, <laughs> that's bad. But as an expl- explanation for why this movie didn't make that much money in the theaters it's not because it was a bad movie received like critically critically it did well didn't it it's at about 75 percent 77 percent on rotten tomatoes solid uh if you go back and watch the dread trailers that came out you might want to vomit your supper they're real the, bad they are so bad they're pretty bad the movie and- does not fit or the the music does not fit that trailer at all no, if it's not what the movie was going for. It is interesting to note that this was the second grungy, gritty superhero movie, you know, superhero quote-unquote who shoots people movie that uh, Lionsgate absolutely bungled, and the first one being Punisher Warzone, which will... It's the same thing. It, Punisher it, Warzone was the same thing in that it was just, like, violently amazing. Right. But it's, it's marketing pretty much, was garbage. Yeah, marketing just let that down. No. All right. Moving past how sorely we're disappointed and how much we can't get more of Carl Urban talking like Judge Dredd in the future, 
we do have years and years of comic book material that this character is based on if you ever want to see more Dread adventures. See, Judge Dread was birthed in... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want that visual. <laughs> uh, publicationally in 1977 by John Wagner and Carlos Esquera in the British magazine, science fiction magazine, 2000 A.D., now, Dredge Dredd didn't have his own comic for a long time. He was part of the 2000 AD comic line, which had characters, which had books like Dan Dare and Robo Hunter, other stuff like that, and <laughs> Judge Dredd. And so um, you had a lot of little mini itty bitty Judge Dredd stories that were put in between all these other big stories. But the interesting thing apart about uh, Judge Dredd is that he has continued to age in the comic books since 1977. Each year that the magazine has aged, until he's gotten his own, of course, he has aged. So currently he's like 70 years old. So he's basically like Stallone right now. (laughs) Yeah, he is currently (laughs) Sylvester Stallone. Just Uh, a really wrinkly blob of muscles. Yeah, to to explain that in the comic book, they give him drugs that make the the aging process slower. Because the book starts in the year 2099. And then it's it's gone about 50 years since then. By the way, they changed almost nothing about the character. He is still the brutally just like, the law is everything. I uphold the law. If you break it, I'm taking you in. With no due process for well, a not. failed state. Judge, jury, executioner. They were they explained that in the beginning of the movie, and I have and it's been sold to me, and I'm good to go. It's it's a it's a vision of justice that I personally disagree with, and I think that's more that's mostly what got in my way of enjoying this movie. Sure, I just took that away. I'm like, this is never going to happen. But if it did, this guy would <laughs> say be that awesome now, at it. But the, the oh the, come on the 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 the. the the uh, NSA is oh, in your phone, come on, seeing man. all your movements, man. No, this is this is not just me being a weird conspiracy. I know it's not. It just has nothing to do with the podcast. Uh, fine. <laughs> I'm, well, well, you're saying this future could never happen. I'm saying it's already here, man. Whoa. Judge, jury, and executioners. Yeah, I'm gonna throw on my obviously being sarcastic voice here, being like, "Oh, cops are evil." I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Good Where's summer. the track? Yeah, because so, I want to find your train. Um, <laughs> interesting to note with the uh, comics and the uh, difference between the uh, Stallone movie, Judge Dredd in this film, as in the comics, never takes the helmet off. Yeah, that's a great thing. He has actually never in the comic books ever been seen without his helmet. Right. There's some, there, I mean, there have been a couple books where, like, it's like the back of his head type of thing. It's like, oh, it's like disfigured. The book has never drew a draw, drawn a drawing of him without his helmet on. That's, I mean, John Wagner describes it as that the law is faceless. It's a pretty good concept to that they carried over. And again, they did that thing where, you know, you can see him from the shadows, but you don't actually see his face. You just see his head shape. So. Well, we all know it's Carl Urban. And Carl Urban is awesome. Just so. got like a little pretty boy face underneath. There. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, they also have the Lawgiver, which is the pistol that Judge Dredd brandishes along with all the others, where it is a it is locked on to his DNA. You can't pull the trigger unless a DNA scans you. Otherwise, it blows your arm up. That is straight from the comic book. That was in, like, the third issue they described that as a thing. Um, And also it has, like, six different types of ammunition, which is pretty awesome. You've got, like, incinerary, high explosive, all these cool things. Uh, But besides that, other characters that were introduced were um, Judge Anderson is the other big character in the film. 
Um, she came about in 1980, made by John Wagner and Brian Boland, as part of the Judge Death storyline, which, if you read anything about the Judge Dredd comic books, Judge Death is a good place to start, because that is a great villain. He's just this dude that just thinks life is a crime. The sentence is murder, or the sentence is death. Anderson's uh, a bit more headstrong in the book than she is in the movie, but in the movie she's portrayed as a rookie, which is understandable so. And that made a great dynamic of the mentor-mentee thing between her and Dredd. And then finally, there's Mama. And Mama is not based on any comic book character. Mama is for the movie only, and man, is it a pretty sweet villain. Just a drug queen who takes no prisoners. Right, I mean... Except for the IT guy. Yeah, oh, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. She totally <laughs> took the he, he, he was for sure her prisoner. <laughs> yeah. Those scenes were actually terrifying, though. Oh, yeah. Where, like, she had that knife up to him while he was talking. Shaving his belly hairs. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I thought she was doing. I was like, this is a weird movie. <laughs> this is oh, weird, man. but she's very considerate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Skylar. Music of this movie, done by a man named Paul Leonard Morgan... I want to say he also did the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper, where he get, takes the drug to become super smart. Uh, the music to Judge Dredd is just bash your skull into the wall and <laughs> enjoy it, kind of listen. It's not terribly complex in its themes or structure, but it is just amazingly abrasive and head head bashing to, in its electronic glory. Where do we want to start? We will start with the track Mega City One, which is the uh, opening of the movie where Judge Dredd chases down some uh, some hoodlums in a van. judges where wouldn't you believe it bad judges show up at the peach trees complex and uh, are in league with mama and try to take uh, judge dredd and anderson out up because that track is so bomb go back and listen to that whole thing oh yeah for some reason i just like to think of this as music to get stuff done to it's like <laughs> okay i've got a report due in 12 hours yeah and final track we've got coming up is apocalyptic wasteland which i honestly don't know when it plays but it's probably <laughs> in the end credits so no less enjoyable
I wouldn't recommend listening to this mu- music when you have a headache, but <laughs> unless you want to bang the headache out, unless you want a headache in some instances, but yeah. I mean, the whole, just the music is very similar, right? I mean, all those tracks were kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, they're all in the same kind of wheelhouse, but it's such a, a mood music thing that it establishes, yeah. you know, what you should feel in this movie that it's like, I don't really care that they're, you know. It, it definitely fits the tone of the film in a way that the music for the trailer didn't. Yeah. Right. We could start it with science. <laughs> <laughs> Again, listen back to that trailer and then uh, just don't. Mute the trailer and listen to <laughs> Get Down by B44. <laughs> or any track from this film instead, and you're probably way better off. Well, if you listen to, to you know Canadian boy bands from the late 90s and early 2000s, it'll probably be a better trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the second B44 reference I've made in two weeks. Aren't I'm proud you? of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. All right, Ben. It's time for your segment. All right. You ready for this? Science stuff. Blind me with science. Uh, First of all, um, bullet physics. There's the (laughs) scene where they're shooting up all the drug dealers in slow-mo, and they're all taking slow-mo. Oh, okay. So, like, the the drug dealers are taking slow-mo, and they're about to bash it Yeah, and they're getting shot up by the judges, and, like, it's in slow motion, and the, the bullets just, like, rip through their faces, and you can see, like, their skin, like... Oh yeah, you someone know? gets shot Ribbit. in the stomach and, and it does like ripples out. Yeah, and and I think there's a scene where like he just like kicks him in the chest and you can like see their skin ripple backward and all like all the gory all the gore related physics are really beautiful and well done and like they did their research and being like, "Okay, what happens when I, you know, shoot someone in the face?" <laughs> <laughs> and I want to show it to everybody in slow motion. I yeah yeah and and so that that was outstandingly good uh and there's a there's a couple other small things and one kind of big thing uh the they have like dna checkers that like check if your dna matches something and that those are <laughs> totally plausible because we have you know apps on our iphone that you can hold them up to a radio and it'll tell you what song's playing and that's the it, same technology would, as checking your DNA? It would operate on the same principle because uh, DNA has, like, the four uh, four bases, you know, but one can only pair with one other. So you can reduce it to a string of ones and zeros. And so that's binary. That's really easy. It's really easy for a computer to check if two binary strings are the same. So it just, like, takes a little bit of your DNA and says, okay, is this in the database of... 800 million strands of DNA. It would take, like, you'd have to have really good broadband. and (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you'd have to have a 4G connection on your gun, but... (laughs) That's actually a really good point. Like, like the the guns have got to have high processors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to find really good ways to search a database. And there are... Computer scientists have, like, done calculations on how long it takes to figure out if two strings are identical, if they're of a certain length in a group of however many strings. There's calculations. It takes a long time, but eh, it's the future. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I love how the computers in this movie just look like, you know, dinky crap, but they're actually, you know, like, futuristic computers. It's like, these are good computers, but let's just slap some more dirt on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't be dark and gritty without any grit. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, let's and see. What else? Today. What else is there? 
Oh, I want to know about slow-mo, Ben. Slow-mo. That's why I came in today. Okay. I need to know your opinion on how slow-mo and if, like, I can get some. Uh, well, it's, <laughs> it is vaporized. It is vaporized and inhaled, which is a pretty efficient way to deliver drugs. It's not as efficient as injecting it, but it's better than swallowing it. Ooh, disclaimer. We are not encouraging drug use. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna, a heads up. I'm even gonna, though I'm you're gonna, about to dump a lot of information on drug use to us, <laughs> yeah, uh, this I, is from a movie, and yeah, we're, I, we're bringing this up because it was in a movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert: talking about drug technicalities does not equate to <laughs> condoning drug use. I know okay. a lot about heroin use, but only <laughs> only because I've seen Pulp Fiction like three times and Requiem for a Dream once. So Which is all, all you ever no- need to see. All our that. drug knowledge comes from movies. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's slow mo is vaporized. It's it appears to be vaporized like an inhaler. That, yeah, that's why when you have an asthma attack, you have an inhaler. Vaporizes medication, you breathe it in because it's pretty fast, and you don't have to deal with the inconvenience of needles. So, uh, in terms of how they inhale it and it starts to affect them right away, yes, that's okay. accurate. Um, in terms of it making feel like everything's moving slowly. Yes, also totally possible. Just that effect? Just like slowing down everything? Just you're completely aware? Yeah. Also, it makes everything f- like fluorescent. Yeah, so it's it'd be a mild hallucinogen uh, like acid, but like not, <laughs> it doesn't give you like acid-like hallucin- hallucinations. Maybe more like ecstasy. I've never done X um, or LSD or anything. Uh <laughs> Thank, except, good job, Ben. Except for caffeine oh. uh, and alcohol. Um, <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm 21. No, I'm 23 now. Whoa. Um, Whoa. <laughs> a little too much alcohol. Um, yeah. Can't when did the last name. two years go by? <laughs> <laughs> is there a word for like just a, a symptom of, or is it just the effect of perceiving time as much slower? Yeah, there, there's not a word for that, but it's totally something a drug can do. Drugs mess with your perceptions. That's why people take them. Okay. So, yeah, totally, totally, totally plausible. I think that's all I have to say about slow-mo, maybe. Oh. Don't uh, take slow-mo, kids. Don't take slow-mo. Also, if you come across a lab where drugs are being cooked, don't shoot grenades into it. <laughs> um, dr- like, drug labs can be really bad for you. Um, like, <laughs> I would imagine so. Like, well, no, like, if, if the cops discover a house where methamphetamine is being cooked, they immediately call the hazmat team and they evacuate. Uh, the they evacuate. Yeah, they evacuate nearby houses because it's so dangerous. And so if you were... You know, came across a drug lab and started shooting up the place and broke bottles and fumes going everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's just really unsafe. Don't do that. And he probably should have just, like, shot a tank of ammonia and then passed out and coughed blood and died. That's how that scene would have gone down in real life. Um, <laughs> but it didn't. But it's he's Judge Dredd. <laughs> yeah. um, so the, the one big thing uh, in this movie is megastructures. This is the cool one. Not slow-mo. Um, Ooh. The megastructures totally could exist, but not the way they're shown in the movie. Explain. Okay. So uh, in the movie, the the peach trees building uh, is 200 stories tall, around 200 stories tall. Give or take. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the tallest building in the world right now, uh, the, the Burke Khalifa in somewhere, uh, Abu Dhabi. No, UA, United Arab Emirates. Uh, yeah, Dubai. It's in Dubai. Yep, Dubai. It's in Dubai. <laughs> it's in Dubai. <laughs> it's in Dubai. They're 
My knowledge of Mission Impossible 4 has served me well. <laughs> I got it on the third try. Uh, so that that building uh, is 163 floors plus some maintenance levels in the spire, and there's 46 of those. So all told, it is about 200 stories tall. It's a big building. So it, it's actually like 110 or 210 stories tall. So the, the height of these megastructures, totally possible. We already have buildings this tall. The thing is, though, that when you're building skyscrapers this tall, uh, the bottom of it has to be very robust, and the top has, like, basically... You have to make it like a pyramid. Yeah, pretty much. You have to have the bottom of the building be able to support the weight of everything on top of it. Otherwise, the bottom collapses and the whole building falls down. Uh, and so that's why the the Burj Khalifa is, is like a really narrow pyramid and gets really skinny at the top. And there's only 136 usable floors because the the top 46 have to be so narrow they're not really useful mm-hmm. except to, for maintenance purposes. But the the way the megastructure is are appear to be is that they're they're just you know, giant livable like, livable rectangular prisms. Yeah, just yeah. giant rectangular things with livable space at every level, including they got things hanging off of them too. Yeah, yeah. Just, and just big. Open in the center. Well, yeah. yeah, at the top there's a skate park. Yeah, that's right. Like at the top, like at like the 190 level, there's a skate park. You could not build a megastructure the way it appears in the movie because the bottom would just collapse because there's too much open space, and it looked just to be normal concrete and steel. I I just brought up something that now I want to discuss. Who thought it'd be a good idea to put a skate park up that high? You have 190-some floors to work with, and you decided to put it at, like, 180? Uh, skyscrapers that have any kind of area where you can be out in the open, in in the air, will have a net a few floors down to catch people who fall off or jump off. If they were to, like, bring a bed sheet or whatever, whatever they could just sail with all the, the oh, wind yeah. turbulence up there. Oh, that's that, that's the other thing about very tall buildings is you don't have to get all that high up off the ground for the winds to be enormous. That's oh. another reason that skyscrapers usually get narrower at the top so that the there's less uh, drag on the building. So No yeah. wind resistance yeah, to push so the, it over? Yeah, so the wind does, doesn't shear the top two-thirds of the building off. Oh, boy. And maybe it's just me speculating, but I think after you go through, you know, a an apocalypse of nuclear proportions, the weather might be a little different. Yeah, that's true. We don't know what really happened in this. Oh, wait, there was actually, there is a bunch of history on what happened to the world in the year from, like, 1977 when it was made to the year 2099 to when it was, when it is fictionally conceptualized. There was, like, a bunch of world wars. Um, There was a plague. There's, there's a bunch of different crap that happened <laughs> to lead up to the buildings of Mega City 1, Mega City 2, Texas City. Texas City? Texas City is I'm, a place in the Judge Dredd world. I'm glad they didn't mention anything about Texas City because I <laughs> – There's a big statue of a guy named Tex who was their founder. <laughs> no, really? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, God. It no, is. Why? In, I, I remember reading it in the Judge Child series of Judge Dredd. I, th- I, th- I thought having more background in the universe this this movie took place in would make me hate it less, but no. <laughs> well, this is in the early, this is like the 1980s, dude. Comic books have been wild always. Okay, done with science. Uh yeah, that that's 
Fun. That's all I got for now. Yeah. Fan, fan, flippantastic as always, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> I'm flattered. All right, season three, ladies and gents. Time for some fun facts. All right, uh, one that I don't have on the list, but I just remembered. The makers of this movie, or at least the writer, uh, Alex Garland, has gone on recently to make a Judge Dredd miniseries on the web, I believe, that deals with the Judge Death uh, aspect of things. I I believe it's animated. Oh, so cool. Yeah, exactly. I want to see Judge Dredd. Judge Death make his way to the to the live screen. He's such a cool character. Oh. I mean, like, oh, the crime is life, the sentence is death. <laughs> such a cool tagline. Well, you might have to wait quite a while for this, because despite the fact that for the last uh, two, three years, Carl Urban has been going around being like, yeah, Judge Dredd sequel could happen sometime soon, uh, Alex Garland himself came out about very recently and been like, yeah, I don't think this is going to happen. A movie needs to justify itself, and when people have to sign a petition to get a sequel, it's already failed. So, Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, what about the director? Has he done anything recently? Pete Travis? Pete Travis. Some I fun facts. Look at him. He's done Vantage Point. Okay. And whoop de dingle do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Pete but, Travis still out there plugging away at his career. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, writer Alex Garland has a movie coming out in April called Ex Machina. It stars Eyeball Dude from this movie and Apocalypse. I, oh, Eyeball Dude. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Donald Grease- Gleason. Donald Gleason? Yes. Oh, the IT guy. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was Belly, like, let's just call him Belly Hairs. I was, I was trying to think of like if there was a scene where some guy's eye gets popped out, and I'm like, no, I can't. That totally might have happened in this film, but where was it? <laughs> yeah, in 3D, that would have just looked amazing. Oh yeah, that's what Friday the Thirteenth Part Three is there for. You and your Part 3D movie references. Yes, because Friday the Thirteenth is just this little indie effort that no one. Friday the Thirteenth Three. Right. How uh, many people have seen that? Raise your hand. All right, uh, that's just one out of three. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, a bit of a fun fact that I didn't know until actually recently, and I need to look into this a little more because it's not widely documented. But a man named Gareth Evans, I believe, was involved in the production cycle and pre-production of this movie. And he wanted to make a movie about a police figure taking down a big apartment complex full of bad guys. And apparently... Kind of like what this film was. Right, exactly, what this film turned out to be. Um, And apparently the producers weren't letting him have enough freedom or something along those lines conflicts of some sort yeah no creative dialogue dif- yeah. creative differences that's a good that's is a their go-to go- phrase yeah is their go-to pr spin on it yes mm-hmm. so he w- was eventually like enough i'm done and he went off to make the movie he wanted to make and it ended up being known as the raid redemption <sighs> the raid which such a good film if you remember back to 2012 uh, throughout the film community, there was a lot of, like, Dread is just a ripoff of The Raid and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, well... If you were the, hanging out at the I, at the chat boards at the time in 2012... Oh, I, I don't see. do that. <laughs> no, I, I... You cannot pay me to go to a forum, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. No. <laughs> I'll give you $2 if you go into GameFAQs.com oh. to the Final Fantasy Tactics Advance Board <laughs> and be like... 
I really think that uh, the assassin class is not the best in the game. Is that a I, joke? I have a vague, <laughs> I I have a vague knowledge enough of what you're talking about to know that that's a bad idea. In, in, okay, yeah. Okay, for context for the joke, if you've never played Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, the just, assassin just class Just change is, it to go to anything involving Dark Knight and say Batman's stupid. Batman is so... Batman is not stupid. He's kind of stupid. Look, I already did it. Okay. <laughs> it was that easy. <laughs> Comment below to uh, <laughs> to give us your thoughts. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> uh, we'll have our piece of that. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh wait, it's just we. This is our this is our new section. Babble, babble, babble. Are we just? Oh, we're just going to talk about the movie. <laughs> we we've been doing a pretty good minutes. job of that. That's true. I feel. Yeah. And we're also going to talk about why Ben hated it so much when this movie was awesome beyond belief. It was not awesome beyond belief. <sighs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess we're just going to shout at each other. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. No. No, you. No, you. <laughs> uh, uh, Godspell song. Godspell. Never mind. <laughs> what? What? I remember. Uh, what? <laughs> it goes babble, 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 high above the rabble, 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 babble. Is this a conversation you're having in your head right no, now? No, this is the conversation we're having. Whoa. Yeah. It, it's just it's just all <laughs> babble. All right. <laughs> Point to make. Yes. If there's, Bring it back. If there are still pizza delivery people in the Dreadverse... They must just hate themselves with a fiery passion when someone from Peachtrees calls and it's like, yeah, can you get me a pizza on, like, the 202nd floor? Well, they had flying chips. Drones, So they could have yes. landed on the um, – they could have delivered the pizza via the window of that floor and or they could have landed on the skate park. Oh. Do you want toxic sludge on your pizza? It comes uh, with – It comes free. It comes free. <laughs> with our new special, Sludge City. <laughs> 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 or we can talk about how um, – 800 million people, still only 17,000 crimes per day. Hey, not that bad. The system is working. But uh, the police por- force only responds to 6% of them because they're terrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're such an ineffective police force. You know it's a what? failed state. Judge Dredd is effective. He stayed. He was originally going to leave that with just one dude to question back at HQ. And then he got locked in and took down the whole building full of drug lords. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about that ending thing when she's oh, like yes, I've yes. got you know it's hooked up to my wrist if I blo- if I push this it's gonna explode and he just like okay throws her out the window and yeah are those, oh, just a quick throwback to your science portion okay um, we've got a, a detonator that can hook up to your heartbeat if okay. your heart stops the detonator goes off sure it's used in a lot of movies and video games sure that's legit uh yeah Okay. If you give, if if I could find my my old electronics textbook from one of my physics labs and thought about how to do this, I could probably wear something up. No, but yeah, you would basically have it um, if it goes longer than five seconds without a a blip. Without a blip, then it would go off because if your be- heart's beating less than once every five seconds. Now their, their explanation was that the signal of that couldn't reach through 200 stories 200 stories high it's like once you're dead you know down there it's it's not gonna be able to reach that's a gamble yeah i think radio waves can go really really far radio waves yeah they they because that's what it'd be transmitted on presumably yeah 
Yeah. It, so it would blow rate, up. Yeah, if you can... Yeah. As, mu- I, as much as I love this film, that one part where I was like, oh, Judge Dredd, <laughs> you're taking a big risk here. I, I it forgot. paid off, but come on. Yeah, because like... <laughs> For shame, Judge Dredd. Is, your, is violence your only answer? <laughs> I mean, because presumably the thing was just a transmitter and there was a thing elsewhere that would actually detonate. The detonator was presumably not also this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if, if it goes out of range and it doesn't receive a heartbeat for five seconds... Oh, the detonator. It, the detonator doesn't know the difference. Okay. Okay. Like, sure. All right. Yeah. Very well, Penn. You you have satisfied my yeah, the, lack of uh, satisfaction yeah. with that ending. <laughs> You've satisfied my lack of satisfaction. Peachtree should have just blown up because Dredd's bad at his job. <laughs> Dredd is the best at his job. <laughs> He's still How bad. dare you? He's still bad at it. Okay. He's much better than all other judges. Maybe favorite moment of the movie homeless dude in the opening he's like don't be here when I get back and you win <laughs> like, warned you <laughs> yeah. we got the the ISO cube bam door yeah. comes down and is just smushed yeah. <laughs> it's just what, what how George is like hey I warned you punk get up <laughs> <laughs> so good also I already know the answer to this but when you throw three skinless dudes off the top of the tower I'm guessing they're gonna look pretty close to the mush that they ended up as uh yeah, they'd be more of a puddle than a, puddle. a body. Okay, because they 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 did show that he lifted the lifted the curtain or whatever at the beginning of the film when they threw all those people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of had a just a lot of splatter. This this film did they not would, hold back on its gore. They in a good way. Well, in real life, they would be even more of a puddle. Oh wow, just liquid, really. Wow, just a just a puddle. Just and to think they actually did hold back. <laughs> I gotta say, like right. a hefty bag of vegetable soup. <laughs> oh. Favorite line from the film, though, I'd have to say, would be when the chief judge is like, "Yeah, take her out on the field with you, throw her into the deep end." And judge goes, "It's all a deep end." And I'm like, "Ah, that is a judge dread line." It's a terrible line. The, Shut up. The ben. best slash stupidest line for me was like when he's like, "Wait." And the bad judge is like, wait, for what? Am I going to show you mercy? And then, you know, Anderson just shoots him in the back. She's like, no, wait for her to shoot you. It's like, that's so <laughs> dumb. That, yeah, that was really dumb. Because, <laughs> like, how did he know <laughs> that Anderson escaped? Okay. Yeah. I think we've satisfied our our bit of, of ranting on this <laughs> dread film. Dreadful film. So! I've been waiting... <laughs> All day to make that pun. <laughs> All week. Ever since I saw the movie, I was like... We're done, Ben. <laughs> We're done. With respect, I think that needed to happen. Regardless <laughs> of my feelings for the movie. Uh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. Superhuman... Oh. Oh, I'm still <laughs> reeling from that pun. Superhero Movie Club is recorded and produced in the studios of KMSU in Mankato, Minnesota. Find this podcast online at superheromovieclub.podbean.com or subscribe on iTunes. Next show's topic is Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Make sure you get all your backs repaired, ladies and gents, so that you are good to go. Oh, actually, sorry. Make sure you get someone to punch your back in for you as uh, our special um, biomedical 
friend. I forgot Grant's pre-med, pre-med field of study. He's been on the show before. He You're comes right. back for Dark Knight Rises. Then he has to go to Kentucky. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. I'm James Skyler Houtsma. And I'm Ben. And I hope everyone has a super week. I'm breaking the rocks and the...